one of our many loyal hoggies, A. Joseph B. Uh, he was uh, Hoggy. Hallowed be rooting his name. around in his slot bucket the other day, and he uh, he's he snorted up something uh, <laughs> into my uh, field of vision, let me know about the existence of something that. I mean, it explains lots of jokes about comedians from the 90s, but uh, have any of you ever heard of Hamburger Jones? <laughs> no. Hamburger. There you go. <laughs> yep. That's You just said every joke he's uh, ever said in his entire <laughs> career. Yes, I did. Hamburger. There you go. <laughs> Wait, what? His entire routine is to say things that aren't funny and then punctuate them with hamburger. <laughs> An example? Uh, but it's not anti-comedy like No, it's uh, not it's not like funny. It's like just Neil dumb. Hamburger. No. It's not like Neil. It's just like, look at this lady. She's a big old fat lady. Hamburger. <laughs> oh, that is good. Yeah, that is funny, funny actually. No, no, <laughs> big again, Grant. I'm picturing a fat lady. Hit me again. And she's bigger than I would expect. <laughs> she is bigger than uh-huh. you would expect. <laughs> you do some feet so stank. Uh and uh and then you say hamburger, yeah. but you got to do it like Grant did. Yeah, it's you don't just say hamburger. You gotta. It's it's about the way you say hamburger. The way he says it makes all of yep. the people in the audience laugh, uh, <laughs> even though he didn't say anything funny. So you're saying the novelization of this is a bit dry. Yes. <laughs> what so you say? <laughs> hamburger. You're well, saying we funny. need to say hamburger more in our podcast. If we sprinkle <laughs> a few was... hamburgers throughout. I think if we had tried uh, on some of these failed cold opens, if you just, that's a, that's a good way to tap dance. Like, is this something? Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> going to play the theme song of a TV show, and just stop me when you know the song, or when you know the show. Um, Perfect Strangers. Mm, uh, A sitcom, right? Yes. Okay. Grant, you were alive during the very end of this. I mean, Small Wonder. Nope, not Small Wonder. Nope. Alf. Yes. Okay. Alf. Alf. Really? Alf? I, I was yes. going to say Alf. Those are, That's what I meant. I have a that... feeling that you're just throwing a, a fistful of rocks at, with every name. Uh, alien life form. Or sorry, uh, A life F. <laughs> <laughs> As he is still at large, yes, we are talking about A life F. Popular television eponymous... <laughs> Tell a sitcom character. All right, full disclosure, I didn't know the song, but you said it was a story that's wild and I probably know some of, and I know some wild shit about Alf. Okay, okay. I don't really so, know anything. That's exactly right. Well, you don't from, know about he's this. He's from Melmac. Uh, yeah, Melmac, Cats. Cats. Yeah. What else do you know about the show? Bunch of people got hurt filming it and it was really expensive. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> hmm. Um, that dad was like a really annoying wiener. Um. Oh boy, the dad. Uh, we've got some stuff about him. Classically trained actor Max Wright. Dro- droopy dicked Max Wright. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I said classically trained actor, but uh. So, okay, so 
For members who don't know, ALF was a sitcom that ran for four seasons from 1986 to 1990. Um, it's a story about a uh, an alien who crash lands in the Tanner family's garage, and they end up hiding him out to hide him from this alien task force that's looking for him. And then hijinks ensue. He's basically a, a fish out of water. He doesn't know what's going on, and that's most of his humor. Like, he just doesn't know. He thinks the cat, well, why wouldn't I eat the cat? Oh, it's your family pet. Well, why would you keep something like that as a pet? If you went to an alien planet and they had hamburgers for pets, and you might try to eat them, you see? Hamburger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alf was, was pretty funny. Now, it's true that I was, uh, let's see, 8 to 12 from those years, something like that, um, when it was on. But for me, it was very, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a quality show. Corey? You you, you uh, recall watching it in the real time when it was on I'm TV? I'm not skipping past Alf. He's going to try and eat the cat. Yeah. Matt, do you remember watching it? Oh, yeah. Fond memories. And in my mind right now, I would want to watch it. Like, I would, uh, is it on Netflix? I'll check out an episode of Alf. I'm sure it's as bad as all the other sitcoms. But, like, very, very positive vibes. I have not watched any episodes of this uh, in prep for this, but I... I did read an article that sums up a lot of this. This is an article in Mental Floss called Out of This World, An Oral History of ALF by Jake Ro Rosen or Rawson from September 22nd of 2016. So they're reference cited. Um, and he interviewed uh, creators, the cast, uh, directors, producers, a bunch of people. And then they, they kind of paint this whole picture of, of what went on. And I have found this very interesting um, so I will tell you about it. Um, the character alien's name is Gordon Shumway. He's from this planet Melmac that blew up while he was on a like a space coast guard mission or something. So he made his way to Earth. Um, but they call him Alf because the dad of the family, the dad of the family named him that as alien life form or ALF. So Alf. Everybody calls him Alf. Alf's real name is Gordon Shumway. Yes. Yeah. The, that is the a, characters. That is a yeah. great trivia question. Okay, so how did this show start? So this was created by puppeteer slash failed magician Paul Fusco. I was okay. I was gonna let you fill in the blank. It was created by coked out <laughs> Lang. <laughs> no, just gonna get a suit. Just gonna get a suit. We'll do it. <laughs> oh, interesting that you should mention that. We'll get to it. Um, so he had a partner, uh, he, he's trying to find somebody to help him pitch this thing. Um, he makes a partner in this guy named Tom Patchett, um, who had done the Newhart show, or he was, he had helped pitch that, or somehow he, he operated was a, Bob Newhart? <laughs> he was the guy who operated just the eyebrows, <laughs> just the eyebrows. <laughs> it was important. <laughs> so he had the idea of what this was all going to be about, and... On the surface, you might think that a, a primetime puppet show uh, wouldn't work out well. I mean, the Muppet show had happened, but beyond that, uh, well, who in the hell would take a chance on like, yeah, on primetime TV, let's have a show with a puppet on it. Um, despite, um, there's a comedian that sucks and has puppets. Uh, uh, Jeff Dunham. Dun Dunham, yeah. Despite that dickhead's popularity, uh, it, it, it seems like it's a big risk. And it was a big risk. But NBC bought it. Why did they do it? Uh, because... Coke. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we covered this. NBC had recently made history in that all nine of their new 
83-84 season pilots failed. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time that happened on any network. uh, And so the executives were ready to take a chance, okay? Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me the the pump was primed with... Everything we thought of sucked, and some guy goes, puppets? Like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> they had, they got to do something. We're doing an opposite so they're, thing here. <laughs> they're a little desperate. So Paul Fusco, the creator of ALF, had, had been working on this puppet and kind of workshopping it to friends and family. Like, you come over and he's like, hey, what about this? And he's, he's feeling pretty com- – he was even going to comedy clubs with it and doing the ALF bit where ALF is kind of like – you know, he's a beer-drinking guy that uh, says coarse things, but usually because he just doesn't know any better, okay? Um, but, oh, he tells it like it is, and everybody likes it. You're saying I can say the N-word with a puppet? <laughs> no, <laughs> nope, nope, he's not saying that you can say the N-word with a puppet. Um, but so uh, he convinces uh, uh, Patchett to go along with it. They start workshopping it, or sorry, they start pitching it. They pitch it for two to three years with no success, and then, of course, they get uh, desperate MB- NBC. Um, and in the, in the pitch, he's got, he's like, okay, the only way this is going to work is if I bring Alf in. So he puts him in a trash bag and just kind of brings it in. And he's, he's asking people like, oh, hey, do you know where I can do my laundry around here? Cause it's like, why are you carrying this big trash bag? They get into the meeting room. He puts it, that kind of hides it under the table. Then during the meeting, uh, Patchett gives the pitch, you know, and, the NBC exec is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, now, before you pass on it. <laughs> and he's like, the their agent. Their agent was like the one who convinced Patchett to get along with this. But he's like, get the thing. And Paul gets him out and starts being Alf, you know, and like saying all the crazy stuff. Like he picks Alf's nose and wipes it on someone's sleeve or something. And people start looking. Eventually. Drops um, a lot of N-words. <laughs> the, <laughs> the exec is talking to Alf. Like, well, why should we let you on our network? And then they're like, yeah, that's kind of when we figured out, like, this will work. Because, you know, he's already invested. So they buy it. They pick it up. And they go to shoot a pilot, right? The pilot uh, barely succeeds because... Even after, so they do this and it's a big production to put the whole pilot on. But the guy's like, he's sober, apparently, when he watches it. Like, okay, wait, what was I fucking thinking? <laughs> <laughs> a puppet show. <laughs> but his daughter was watching it with him and she liked it. She was pretty young too, like four years old or something. And so he's like, all right, let's give this a shot. Okay? So we have her to blame. Well, she's an idiot. <laughs> so are Americans, so. Um, Americans have the intelligence of a four-year-old. So, uh... It's, it starts to get weird already from the get-go. Um, so an actor who played the daughter's boyfriend, so he's, he's like, uh, he says, I did three episodes as the daughter's boyfriend. When I got there, I got this little handout, this little sheet. At the top, it said, call him Alf. Do not call him a puppet. And you'll see that this is like, it's a whole thing. So... This, this guy, uh, they attribute it to him being a magician, but no secrets about it. You have to dr- address them. Don't say like, well, could you get the puppet? No, you talk to Alf. <laughs> if you want Alf to do something, you can <sighs> talk to Alf. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ben, this is, the, this is the one weird thing I know about him is that you had to treat it like, okay, so on Sesame Street, the actors always made sure that if kids were around, that they'd pretend like the puppets were real, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't just throw it on the ground. You know, everything is, you know, they're, they're treasured objects when the kids are around. Now imagine that guy's like, I want to do that with my N-word puppet, but all the time. <laughs> That's what I know about this guy. He's, he's like, it's always Alf. You talk to him. If you offer me a drink, ask Alf what he wants. 
Make sure he wants something when, from the craft services table. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so the supervising producer says that uh, it was old school magician stuff. We were told Alpha's from the planet Melmac, and that's what we would say to the press. Um, Benji Gregory, who's the actor who played the, the little boy, um, the family's son, says he was super protective of Alf's image. If anyone in the cast asked, uh, he wanted us to seriously say he's an alien. Um, so yeah, he had to, they made everybody go along with it. And yeah, that's weird, right? That's weird. Um, Corey, you mentioned something about a little person. It's in only three episodes, the pilot and two other ones, but they did have someone in an Alf costume run around a couple times. Um, it was Hungarian little person Michu Mezaros, who was two foot nine. Ooh. There you go. That is a little person. So that's the beginning of some weird things with this that, okay, you can never ask him. And the guy takes this stuff real seriously. That's one theme. Theme number one, uh, a little bit weird. Number two is that this was not an easy show to shoot. So Alf take, took three people to operate him. So there's like two people doing it and then there's remote control stuff too, like the eyebrows or like you could make his feet wiggle or something like that. So it's complicated. But also, uh, <laughs> the set is full of trenches, okay? So people have to be below it. So they found this, uh, this studio where they could like build up because they need like all this, so the stage is set up high, okay? Because Alf has to, you have to have people who can walk around with Alf. Like, hey, behind the couch, not a problem, but all across the floor. Like, if Alf has to walk across the room, there has to be a trench. And the camera can be just above the floor level, but there has to be that trench for it. And people <laughs> fell in those all the time. As Corey <laughs> said, like, say, yeah. There's, there's nothing I like more than being an actor than having to look down while I'm walking. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, exactly. And okay, they would cover this one now, and then they would have another one open. And they said one, like it makes it a pain in the ass. Like if there was a scene, Alf walks across the room, they're like, "Fuck, that's gonna take an hour because <laughs> of just like setting and resetting and doing all this stuff." But people fell in them all the time. There was one uh, anecdote about the mom like walks out of the kitchen into the living room and just fell into the trench and got hurt and was like really pissed off at everybody. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because. Because if you fall in the trench, yeah. That's our, that's our oopsie. She was shell-shocked. Yeah, so it was in a converted warehouse in Culver City. But so um, they they also said that there was like a whole world under there in the trenches, like mini fridge, uh, cots, um, snacks and stuff. So it's like <laughs> when the show gets canceled, do they have to like hit it with a broom to make sure all those people are out? Like, you can't live in there. Get out. Get out. Ben, get out. Ben, you neglected a, a bong because these are puppeteers. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of weird hippies living under here. That's the other thing. Fuck, we'll have to get the hippies out. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, I think I think two of the puppeteers ended up getting married. Paul Fusco being the third one. He is he did not marry of the other ones. You might not know this, but Al Jean and Mike Reese, mm. uh, Simpsons writers, wrote yeah. for Alf. Um, and I mean, they they wrote some good stuff, and they they look back on it pretty fondly about it. Um, interesting, they said that they wrote they one didn't have episode. To dodge trenches. Where... <laughs> <laughs> no, we no writers were involved in the, in the trench yeah. warfare. They were just sending <laughs> things up to the front lines. Yes, yeah. <laughs> dispatches to the front lines. Mm-hmm. That's for those poor Tommies. We want you to act on a show, but there's going to be a bunch of trap doors. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, 
So they apparently they wrote one episode where Alf gets a puppet and he likes the puppet. So he's you know mm. he's got a toy. The puppet is made to look just like Paul Fusco. Oh my god! How, and everybody thinks it's hilarious, and but Paul doesn't get it. He's the only <laughs> one who's like, this is from uh, Mike Reese or Al Jean. I think it was Al Jean was talking about it. How he's like everybody got it, but Paul, and he kept saying it reminds me of someone, maybe Jamie Farr. Oh he just god. couldn't get it. It was that was the whole circle here. Um. Did they have to address anyway. that puppet as a as as, <laughs> as a, a name? Uh, yeah. yeah, Alf insisted that he. No, Alf he, himself, he was fine with that. He didn't. Right. He understood it as, as a puppet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, who the hell would act like that? That's crazy. Alf's the only one calling him a puppet. Him a puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's they so said Alf. that the the first season they did pretty well. They were winning their time slot. Um, they did get some notes despite their success that. Like, Alf drinks a beer in the pilot, and then uh, they're like, hey, you know, he's, kids love him. He can't be like that. Or he turns the bathtub into a jacuzzi, and the next uh, episode, they had to, like, now don't try that at home. That's not a, okay to do. Like, you know, the dumb kind of shit that you get. But Fusco said that the dumbest note that he got was from a certain executive. We want Alf to be more Webster-like. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did Webster come out of a grandfather clock at some point? <laughs> yeah, Is that what yeah, I'm remembering? The, in the Less theme sh- alien puppet, more small black boy. Yes. <laughs> but, there, that, those, are, so, those are two ends of one spectrum, and we want you to put the slider a little bit for, more towards that other end. Nudge There's different Webster. strokes, which is successful because of a smart-talking or a, a rambunctious little black adopted boy. Mm-hmm. They make a show called Webster yeah. where an old white rich man adopts a rambunctious, yeah. uh, precocious little black boy. And then on this show, they're like, can't you be more like that thing that was like the other thing that was successful? <laughs> we're NBC. We're not shooting for the top. We're going for the middle. Rip off the rip off. <laughs> what the hell? I and So I fully agree with Fusco on that one. Did- like, what is that? What does that even mean? Did Al, Did they do some episodes with Alf and Blackface after that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah, that was... <laughs> I don't know. You said it. It was your notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your note. Um, it seems like... So, at least in the beginning, it's it goes pretty well on set. So, there's, of course, the trench issue. But there's long shooting days, like I said, because they have to set and reset the trenches. Um, but... During that time, like, Fusco's on the whole time. When he has the Alf thing on, he's he acts like Alf. And he's ad-libbing and cracking wise with everybody and stuff. And people think it's pretty funny. Like, okay, while you're there. Although they did say <laughs> they would rehearse with a really raggedy-ass model that he had that they called Ralph the Repulsive. <laughs> alien it was real, nobody brushed the fur and it was just nasty. Um, but it sounds like, okay, that, that was probably kind of fun. But the show takes off. Um, the the second year, eighty seven, they in in merchandise alone they sold two hundred fifty million dollars or two hundred fifty million worth of total merch, and it was like ninety million in just Alf dolls. Um, in today's money, that's six hundred fifty five million dollars. That's a lot of fucking Alf t shirts and and can koozies. Hey, that's one good puppet. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> that's good, a good puppet. That's a pretty good puppet. Our 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 coos cave does not move that much merch. Close, uh, I nowhere near that. Close, <laughs> but he's very protective of his puppet, Mister Fusco. And there's a lot of shit that he turns down. He turns down okay anytime that it's something about where Alf needs to go buy beer or hamburgers. He says he turns those down. 
Um, General Mills wanted to do an ALF cereal and he turned them down. Like, what? That I don't understand. I thought there was an ALF cereal. Just do the, the kids' cereal. I was cereal. about to say, I'm pretty sure mm. I ate ALF cereal. Maybe not. Um, oh, God, I was eating Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> he said that Budweiser wanted ALF. This is before Spuds McKenzie. They were going to have ALF as their spokesperson. Um, he said he turned down a lot of things, but uh, this is a quote, but there were some oversights in the international market. Someone made an ALF windsock. In Germany, there was in, an imitation mayonnaise. <laughs> some things just get through the cracks. An imitation mayonnaise? Imitation, not even the real mayonnaise. Well, look, they yeah. went for the imitation different strokes. Now they're going yeah. for the imitation mayonnaise. He did nice things, too. He did, like, a, he would, as Alf, he would call Make-A-Wish kids and stuff like that. And so, I mean, he's... Tell him, <laughs> tell him dirty jokes and say the N-word and <laughs> take his nose. Crack open a beer. Um, 100%. Um, so I hear you're dying. Uh, yeah, Alf was a fun show. Um... So Fusco insists on keeping the illusion going. Um, NBC wanted him to host Saturday Night Live. He turns it down because he's like, there's no way I'll be able to, like the audience will see me in between things and no one can ever see Alf as a puppet. You have to only ever see him as the thing. Um, hmm. And of course, like a lot of the sketches, if he's going to move around, you're fucked. So he has to be stationary, but he turns down SNL. Wow. That seems like... Lord Michaels wipes why? his brow. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he turned down the David Letterman show because he didn't think that he would go along with it. He thought that, you know, Dave would just have a go at him or something like that. Yeah, he um, was right. <laughs> probably the case, probably the case. Jim Henson was a big fan of Alf. This is from Paul Fusco. And he says, and he wanted him to do a Muppet show, the John Denver Christmas special. He wanted to do something with Kermit and Miss Piggy. It would have given me an opportunity to perform with Jim and Frank Oz but I turned it down because I didn't want Alf to be perceived as a Muppet from uh, one of the, the producer. Paul hated Muppets. <laughs> Alf was a little raggedy, and his worst fear was people thinking he might be part of Fraggle Rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you really respect Frank Oz, but he's like, yeah, I, you know, then I thought he might be perceived as a Muppet. Ah, Paul hated Muppets. <laughs> 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 How could, how could a puppeteer like draw such a hard line around Muppets and look, look down upon what's probably mm. the most popularized form of puppets? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's not a goddamn Muppet. He's a man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that's like loving 70s pop four-piece bands from Britain and being like, Beatles? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. Whoa, don't care for Beatles. Do not. Not a single one. Rudels, yes, but the Beatles never. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so here's, an, here's a quote from Paul Fusco about, you know, all these things that they wanted Alf in. Uh, NBC was always after us to do all these fall preview shows, these awful specials. Alf loves a mystery. They were just tedious. I did do a Matlock. Hmm. There's an Alf Matlock? What? There's apparently an Alf Matlock. Wow. Oh, God. Alf got invited to go to the White House. Um, Nancy Reagan asked him to come for the 87 Christmas party. Um, they set up. There was a special podium. Afterwards, um, apparently, President Reagan told Paul Fusco that, that Alf was his favorite show, which the, the executive or the co-producers like, which made me worry about him more. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, Reagan might be a little brain dead. I think he's kind of losing it. Like people today know Biden and his like, yeah. He's clearly a brain dead person, but Reagan was like this too. And it's like, 
Uh, Alf is my favorite. <laughs> 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 so, um, nuclear codes. <laughs> so the president said he loved my work, and that worried me. Yeah. Um, so a show like this is doomed from the start. Um, not because of the trenches and stuff, but the show is about a guy in hiding. And he, therefore, he can never interact with anyone outside the house. He cannot leave the house. The only characters can be that family. So this is a problem. Writing, you know, writing for something like this. Hey, uh, it's hard as hell to come up with topics for this podcast. <laughs> with, uh, but we have done with- everything from crackers to the first Christmas. <laughs> to and Alf. we're still to Alf. And uh, <laughs> it still is hard. So they have to write for a show where he can only interact with the same four people over and over again. You know, maybe the limitation... Well, technically, we can only talk to the same four people on this podcast, too. I just want to point that out. But Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're better than Elf. Maybe it's like the constraints allow that creativity. Maybe we actually need some rules. Like someone, you know... If we were to reach those Elf heights. <laughs> right. Yeah, when we're moving mm. merch like Alf, when, um, when we're ready to turn down Saturday Night Live, <laughs> when we do a Matlock. Oh, I already did. You didn't. Yeah, let's <laughs> run on that email. No, no, they. Lord Michaels goes suck an egg. <laughs> <laughs> so the end is, um, it, it's going to happen because okay, eventually the ra- the writing is going to be uh, tough to do. Um, one last bit about the. Um, it was, it's, this is hard on the writers, but this is also hard on the actors, specifically Max Wright, who plays the dad. So he's like a classically trained actor. He's doing Shakespeare on in theaters and stuff like this. And he's probably like, you know, I'll just do this pilot. Hey, I'll be back in the theater. Whatever. You know, who cares? It's never going to work. And now he's trapped. And all the good lines and acting goes to the puppet, essentially. That uh, Fusco is making him talk to the puppet. Like, he can't go, now, uh, Paul, I, I have some notes. Um, Could you... It's like, <laughs> Alf, when we're doing this scene, your motivation, you know, whatever. It's tough for him. Um, the, the writers talked, they had some stories about like how great he is to, Max Wright was to write for it. They were like, he's like a synthesizer. You, whatever you want him to do, like you can make it, you just keep tuning it in and like put in an extra comma and he'll, he does everything. Like he's brilliant and great to work with. And then Fusco's giving him notes. Like, he'll go, hey, could you tell Paul to pick up the pace in the next scene? And it's like, mmm, steaming his beans. There's a, there's a point where regarded by, or recounted by, um, I think, was it Benji Gregory? But the, the actor who plays the, the son, the kid, he's like, there's a scene where, uh, where Willie was building a cage to trap Alf in, and I accidentally get locked in. But then when we're doing the scene, I flubbed my line. And Max flipped out on me and just started screaming at me and berating me. And I'm crying. I'm nine years old. Oh, my God. And it's like, yeah, he's losing his mind. So, and 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 people are falling in the trenches. Right. Um, it's it's not good on the set. Things are bad. And four years in, the trenches have barely moved. It's as if, you know, <laughs> it, it was, all of that fighting was for nothing. Max, that's, <laughs> they'll make this whole that's, time. That's trench warfare. No one's winning. No mm-hmm. one's winning. Doesn't go either way. So the ratings slip, and uh, it was abruptly canceled after the fourth season. The crazy thing is that the fourth season ends on a cliffhanger. Alf gets captured by the military, and then it's like, well, we'll pick this up in season five. And no, they just canceled. I think it. I remember now, that, actually. There, there's a, the, a big, you know, like swoop in SWAT kind of a, a scene. And... and they get him, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, well, they'll solve it. <laughs> nope, it never came back. Here's a quote from the supervising producer. 
Alf does not have the same kind of shelf life as Cheers or Taxi. The premise gets tired easily. Fusco. If we had gone a fifth season, the idea was going to be that Alf is on the military base. He's incarcerated there in some kind of detainment <laughs> camp. The family would be allowed to visit him. Oh, it would have opened up his whole world. He would have been like a Sergeant Bilko, essentially. <laughs> selling bootleg items, gambling. So he doesn't think like, they'll never cancel us. And everyone else is like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's clearly going to be canceled. And he's like, what the hell? How is it? He thought that the rug was pulled He's out He's both insane, him. but also I'd kind of like to see. I think of the hijinks he'd get up to on base. <laughs> right. Selling cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what kids love. We can all pretend to sell cigarettes five, on the... five, episode one, Alf Sells Lucy's. <laughs> Sponsored by <laughs> Philip Morris. Hey, apparently it's, uh, it's big in Germany, or as of 2016, someone was there and they were saying that uh, it still holds up. Um... Oh, Homer Simpson line. What's the number for 911? That was first uttered uh, by Alf. What's wow. it? Um, independently written by... Um, uh, so the Alf writer was Steve Papoon. He came up with the line years sure before was. George Meyer thought of it independently. So they were independent. Quote, unquote. He didn't copy it. but So Alf had some good lines, apparently. Um as someone, maybe, do you guys remember the cartoon, Corey? Yeah, Do you remember absolutely. Saturday morning cartoon? Yeah, you're back to, on Melmac, baby. Yep, they tried, to, it was like a prequel. Um, they tried that. Alf's hit talk show in 2004. There was a cable channel TV land, which you know, maybe know. He had a, a talk show in 2004. Mm, yeah. Okay, it's big, it's huge. They, in 96, they tried to make a made-for-TV movie. It did not work. Um, in 2012, he, Fusco was pitching it to Sony, uh, they said that they were in, in talks for a film. Uh, in 2018, it was announced that Warner Brothers would produce an ALF reboot. The reboot would have focused on ALF returning to Earth with a new family. Um, in November of 2018, it was reported that that was canceled. Yeah, And that's where we are today with, with ALF, folks. He's still... He's saying there's a chance. That, that's the thing. You're I went to that Wikipedia chance. page, and it's like, they're... It was lengthy. I expected to see Alf TV and then like maybe Alf cartoon, and it's like Fusco is just he he's uh, has a, a never say die attitude with that puppet. Or sorry, yeah, with, with that character. Yeah, I, I think that's the it's sometimes someone's genius and their their fault too. That uh, you know this drive that allowed him to pitch it for three years, this crazy idea. Um, hey, and then it worked, and he was right, which also kind of fuels it. Of like, I'm gonna keep doing it. And I mean, he talked about how, like, he's still people. He doesn't show the puppet to people because he doesn't want people to think of him as a puppet. And <laughs> also, that foam rubber has a shelf life. I've seen the you know, old Star Wars uh, masks and stuff. Oh man! Well, little Captain Travis, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, what is another alien-based '80s sitcom that we can uh, talk about on a future episode? Let us know. Email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. If you know what the hell Webster was supposed to be, let us know. <laughs> what planet was he from, right? <laughs> A little weirdo. And hey, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Free Legal Advice Podcast. Don't worry, there's no Muppets. <laughs> uh, and like Grant always says, if you want to track Elon Musk's current location... <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at FreeLegalPod. We'll be tweeting out his specific location at all times. Uh, yes. 
And if you like the show and are the one of the three elf puppeteers that didn't get married, was that weird for you? (laughs) Are you like jealous and mad? Do you guys still get together and puppeteer or is that just creepy? Hoping for a thruple, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> oh, man. How miserable as a puppet couple. A puppeteering <laughs> yeah. couple. How sad to not be in the puppet couple and need a season five of ALF to try and get into a thruple. I don't know. if they With, with their combined interests, they could probably come up with all sorts of, you know... Combined, you know, now you've got someone to be the ass of your donkey costume, and you're, you can be the head. You know, you got two two people costume possibilities. Now you got, now you got someone to work the eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, there's that, and then like every time dinner, someone picks up the napkin and they're like, "Would you like chicken?" <laughs> and they're like, "Kill me now! Kill me now!" <laughs> Classic bit. Episode 153. Uh, James takes a space shuttle to the moon, uh, to the Swiss base on the moon, Moon Switzerland. This is because this is where the Centaurian Corporation has uh, one of their major research facilities. Uh, At this research facility, uh, James Bond will meet one of, uh, a a girl. Corey, what, what girl does he meet here? Um, I'm assuming that uh, on the moon he would be meeting um, uh, Cynthia of the Night, uh, who was actually recently raised to the peerage, so Lady of the Night, uh, <laughs> Duchess of Negotiable Affection. <laughs> and she has, um, uh, she's, uh, she is escorted by um, uh, her, her young, uh, like, uh, handmaid kind of woman. Uh, uh, just goes by the name 19. Uh, she's a voodoo assassin. She was trained by her Creole mother, uh, Dr. Marjorie Sider, and her father, Colonel Major Bragg Dixon. So uh, 19 Dixon Sider um, is the uh, is Lady of the Night's retainer. <laughs> Oh my god, one of them finally paid off. <laughs> I was like, God, these are so how, how do you do it? And god damn it, you nailed it. <laughs> 19 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, to make a long story short, Bond has sex with both of them. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought the, the lady of the night was was tasteful and perfect. And as you were talking, I was like, you know, this is you can't really. They've already done a lot of vagina. They've kind of already done. What else can you do? How far can you go? And you just fucking that was a home run. That might be the limits of human physiology, as far as I know. <laughs> At Cambridge, that's they got to nineteen, but they're trying for twenty. <laughs> tell us, kids. How many can you fit in a phone booth? Yes, exactly. It's an MTV Spring Break competition. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get on ninety-eight point four. Turn internet over.